Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here is the advertisement for Jeremy Kaufman for U.S. Senate. He's a libertarian candidate uh, planning to be on the ballot here in New Hampshire. And usually libertarian candidates aren't even worth talking about. I was going to say, uh, don't, doesn't the libertarian party usually just go find some you know out-of-work Republican and run him? Yeah, usually they're fairly unremarkable. In this case, he's doing, he's doing something special. So here's his uh, two-minute-long spot. Picture this. Innocent people in the Middle East... They're having dinner. A bomb is dropped on their house. And they're all killed. What's the problem with this? It's being done by white men. I am Jeremy Kaufman, the chief diversity officer at Halliburton and candidate for United States Senate. It is time to diversify the murderous military-industrial complex. We need to make the nukes gay. And that's why I'm running for office. Like my fellow Democrats and Republicans, I will support every war. I will support stealing billions of dollars from Americans to kill innocent people. But we are going to make it so gay. In case you couldn't tell the tongue firmly planted in his cheek there... I'm serious. Uh, he's not actually working for Halliburton. <laughs> That's not his real what? job. He's, he's actually... The, he's the CEO of Library, LBRY, which we've Great talked product. a lot about here on Free Talk Live over the years. It is where we're streaming over at their associated sister website, Odyssey, uh, tonight. You can go to video.freetalklive.com. And you can find our live stream and archives there. But Library is a decentralized media sharing protocol, and it allows you to upload basically any media that you want to to the Internet, and no one can take it down. And so this is a guy who's, you know, he puts his money where his mouth is. Uh, He's actually somebody who works for decentralization uh, to, you know, through the world of blockchain to help protect freedom of speech. So that's what he really believes in, and I got to say I'm a big fan of of what he's doing here. So Good. kudos. We'll we'll see. You know what happens. I enjoyed the ad immensely. Uh, I just, certainly kept uh, things in the perspective of well, at least the way I see it. Right, the the bombing of nations that doesn't continue regardless of party uh, and that type of thing. So. Yeah, I you said something earlier too about uh, what was it the the flaming guy at the White House like yeah some flaming TikTok guy they're, they're always doing these things the the White House the feds mm-hmm. if you will they're always doing these things that like try and enhance their image man I tell you this Lebanon Police Department is a real real meanies I was over at the uh, the Marriott Inn up there on uh, the dry uh, it was called Dartmouth College Highway mm-hmm. um, I think it's one thirty five route one thirty five out there so I went into there. And I've been walking around all night. It was like, I don't know, probably 11 or 11 at night, or maybe it was even one in the morning. I can't remember. I walked in there, and they sell food there. So I bought some food, and she, um, the lady sold it to me. And I was eating the food. And then all of a sudden, the police show up. I think the IT department watching on the, the cameras. And then they said, you, um, you have to go to the hospital. What? And I said, why? I know. It was like, I couldn't get a room there. All the rooms are filled up, but I just bought some food there. The lady sold me some food. The desk, at the, her name was Sarah. And, yeah, and then he said, you have to go to the hospital. I said, no, I don't. I have my own free will. I'm going to keep walking after I eat this food. You know, I'm homeless right now. 
Okay. So they dragged me to the hospital. They, um, I get dragged to the hospital by two cops. I think one of them was a fake cop, 11 PD. They, I get Dartmouth-Hitchcock Medical Center. I get hauled into there. Get this. Um, I'm sitting there. They go through my bag. They take a bag of my materials. You know what I mean? Uh, I say they're legal. They say otherwise. They took them. They're going to, oh, we're going to test them. I said, well, that's my stuff. Don't take it. And then I got held down and shot up with sodium pentanol. I woke up the next morning. I could barely walk. When you get hit with one of these involuntary commitments, I don't know a whole lot about the process. I know they exist in basically every state. There's different um, statutes. They get called different things. I remember when I was living in Florida, it was called the Baker Act. So everybody (laughs) calls it. They used it like a verb. You got Baker Acted or or whatever. Uh, Are you able to find out who did this to you? Because usually it's like your mom or your some loved one that says, my son, they call the police and they say, my son is crazy. I believe that he is going to harm himself or someone else. And those are the words that the police need to hear in order for them to come in and take your liberty from you and put you in a in a essentially a, a crazy ward yeah. for up to uh, 72 hours before you get a hearing in, in front of a judge or you can, I believe. I'm not sure it's guaranteed. Either they cut yeah. you loose or you get a hearing in front of a judge, I think. Um, so are you able to find out who it is that's responsible well, for doing this to you? Well, here's the thing. I mean, that that first night I broke my, well, I didn't break my, I took apart my TV. I put a hole in the wall, but it was uh, my bed. They put my bed on the wall, but I put a hole in it. So, they said I was a domestic. They said I was dangerous myself, which I'm not. And then so hold on, slow down a second here. You're inside. Sorry. This is you're talking about. This is your first time, not last week, but I'm but many dad, weeks ago. My dad, but I'm 18 or 25 or 40 or whatever age. You know, I'm over 18. Okay, so the first time this, uh, you said you're an adult. You're a legal adult. You're living at home with yeah. your father. You have a wife. And the yeah. first the first time this happened. Correct me if I'm wrong on this. You live in your dad's house. Somebody called. You believe it might have been your father who called the police on you. The police came and they did an involuntary commitment. They locked you up against your will. This was after somebody, you say it was your wife, put a hole through the wall with a bed? With a bed frame? No. No. Um, somebody took our bed, our, our marriage wedding bed, mm-hmm. and put it in the wall. It's like the parts of the bed, it's all taken apart. But it's on the wall, and I'm getting so pissed because I'm starting to recognize the pieces of the bed are on the wall. It's like it looks like part of the wall. So you know, silly me punched a hole through it. That's a mistake. But I bought that bed. I paid about nineteen hundred dollars for it. Okay. And you know, he got mad. My father got mad. Plus, I took the, the TV apart. So he got mad. And now, just to clarify something, was this your TV or his TV? My TV. I paid four hundred and fifty dollars for it. Okay. Yep, right before I met my wife, right before we even started dating. What does your her. wife think right about all this? Oh, Jesus, who knows where she's at, man. She's, we're separated, but it feels like a, I don't know. She's, so hold on, just to clarify, knows. you've been separated from your wife in just the last two weeks. That separation is fairly recent? Um, no, uh, since 2018 when she ran off. Have you know. considered any therapy or do you have uh, a therapist? Therapy. I, I do my own therapy. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty good. But the thing is, when your whole family is lying to you, Ooh. it's you know it's going to be a real issue. But, well, um, that's the, uh, that's the actually why a, that's why a therapist can be so helpful is because you have someone who isn't like inside the situation, who's not you know they're not uh, talking to your family or anything like that. It's just someone who's kind of outside of this whole situation that you can kind of bounce ideas off of. Daniel, I want to say good luck. I presume that there are 
uh, some sort of uh, therapists that are available in any given area. I don't know where you begin that that search, um, but I'm sure there's an internet way that you can uh, get connected with those people. And I, I wish you the best, and thank you for sharing your story tonight. There's no easy solution to mental illness, um, and I definitely feel like he is experiencing some sort of paranoia. Uh, well, and and one of the things that uh, that I've certainly found to be true about mental health is that it requires more than one person. Like, you cannot keep yourself sane on your own. Hmm. It is impossible. But what happens when somebody you care about literally starts to go insane? And it's one thing for, you know, maybe a little bit crazy. They're not hurting anybody. They're not hurting themselves. Okay, no big deal. You can live like that. But it's another thing when they start putting holes in your wall and when they might start threatening you with violence or well, threatening and so to that, hurt And that's themselves. exactly the point. So it's the non-aggression principle. So if you, like, if you of sound mind and full knowledge, you know, point a gun at my face, like you're threatening me. I get me. what you're saying. Maybe I went a little too you far. initiated. What well, no, about no, no, when I they're threatening to hurt themselves? Well, and I, Mm. Now that's that is a tricky one because yeah. like at that point you can be uh, you can be doing a third party self defense thing. What do you mean by that? So like, so like like suicide, for example, right? Uh, I mm -hmm. think the non-aggression principle allows for somebody to save a person from committing suicide. If you, you know, I don't know, walking on somebody, you know, hanging themselves, or you see How? somebody. How does it allow that? Well, because you're defending them from. But they didn't ask you to. Then that's true. It it is a tricky situation. So like, uh, if if he threatens you and I use uh, force to defend you, that is third party self defense, and generally that's welcomed. With everything, you have to decide for yourself where that line is. Mm -hmm. Like, am I willing to explain to you what I did? Mm -hmm. So, like, if we come along later and you're like, hey, you can't do that. That's their choice to make. And I want to explain to you, here's my experience. Now, you may very well say, uh, no, that you violated the non-aggression principle. And now I don't have to uh, I don't have to respect your autonomy anymore. Now. That that's a possibility. That is something that I risk, and that's basically the idea uh, the, of a a jury, a jury of your mm -hmm. peers. Is like the people in the 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 people that I choose to voluntarily associate with are capable of judging my behavior. So if I want to explain what I did to them, then okay. So if I saved you from hanging yourself, and mm -hmm. it's like, well, hang on, no, this this was the situation, and they go, no, that that was fine. They, what they were doing was fine. What you were doing was not fine. That's the chance that I take. No, I agree with you. I think that uh, there is some level of liability, but the the idea that a jury is going to find for the person who was despondent in that moment, uh, in some you know finding you liable from preventing them from killing themselves, mm -hmm. seems unlikely given the community uh, of people generally don't tend towards suicide and all of that. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin... Visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. So there is a document by, uh, it's the first document actually that 
official, quote-unquote, document that the Federal Reserve System, I guess it's like a communique or something about their thoughts, and it's a public paper. Mm -hmm. That is the first paper they've given out in public about their thoughts about uh, the central bank digital currency. Mm -hmm. Yes. You called about this, uh, was it last Saturday? I think last week. Yeah. I think so, yeah, last week sometime. Uh, So one of the potential risks, so I said one of the potential risks that they were saying was a bank run. And uh, as you were saying, the traditional bank run is you go to the bank, you take out your money, and then you have cash in your hand. Right. So the, the Federal Reserve, for whatever reason, they, they, in the paper too, they break up money into three forms. One is central bank money, mm-hmm. the other is commercial bank money, and the other is non-commercial bank money. So a bank run consists of two things, right? One is draining the commercial bank money, right? If I go to my bank and want to take out all the cash, mm-hmm. I'm going to drain the commercial bank money, and then I'm going to gain central bank money, because those are Federal Reserve notes. Right, those are actually central bank notes. Yeah, the central bank is saying, "Well, we really think we should have this CBDC," but they're not going so far as to say we're going to. What they're saying is, we really do want the other banks to be on board. So, what can we do to get you guys to support this? Because if we do it and you don't agree with it, that's going to be bad. Because you know you're you're our buddies, and we don't want to piss you off. So, what can we do? So, yeah, one we'd of the hate things to force you at the point of a gun to accept this. Yeah, I mean they've always we done will, their bit, but we, we, we'd rather not. You've always done our bidding, little guys, and you know we we don't want to kill you overnight. So. They're going to kill them off long term, and they want to come up with some sort of way to do this that can get this, the other banks on board. And that's why they were saying that in order to prevent a quote-unquote bank run, this sort of reverse bank run where basically they believe money's going to move from the banking system into the central bank system, which you know, seems absurd. But then again, they believe that they could make that happen with a, a nice interest rate. And it wouldn't be hard to beat the existing bank's interest rates. And it's a central bank, so they can just set the interest rate at whatever they want. If they mm-hmm. want it to be 5%, if they want it to yep. be 1%, and 1% is probably 10 times what 1 you would get. 1 million percent. It's yeah. the central bank. What are you going to do? Tell them now. So they said, well, we could just do without interest. And that would make it less likely for people to want to move all of their money into the central bank. The big news was that Russia has said now that they are not going to accept anything but rubles, uh, meaning they're not they're not going to accept dollars and right. euros from quote unquote unfriendly countries. Right. And unfriendly countries is defined as any country that has engaged in sanctioning Russia at this right. point. So right. the uh, European Union, the United States, apparently Japan and South Korea were on that list as well. I well, welcome I mean, these so- things. I welcome the, these developments in in currency because yeah. there's already solutions. Right. Mm-hmm. There's already ways to transduce you know rubles into some cryptocurrency back into something else. Right. So these uh, methods exist they they haven't scaled yet but they do exist yeah so i mean it, it's to me it's kind of amazing that they haven't cut off europe from their oil in the first place because europe imports the majority of 40 percent at least yeah. no 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 the majority it's like 57 percent if yeah, you go through 40 europe. to 50 the other day but whatever yeah uh, and by far, oh. by far, the largest. No, no, no. Uh, from from uh, Russia is like forty some odd percent. But, yeah. Okay. But uh, uh, total imports is like fifty seven percent. And yeah, by far, the largest uh, chunk of that is it's from Russia. Russia. Like as I see it, what Russia is doing right now is they're like, well, 
we don't want to upset our neighbors any more than we have to. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to cut off uh, the oil that you depend on to survive. There's some mm-hmm. sort of story about the Russian government saying they're going to buy more gold mm-hmm. and there's someone has extrapolated that maybe it's you to say that that, me. that that means that the russian that, ruble is going to be that gold is my backed. interpretation of, of this event so i mean uh, hold on let me let me bring that up for you here while you're doing that nothing would make me happier than to see more currencies uh, backed by something especially state-based currency you mean one currency as far yeah. as i know there's no state-based currency backed by anything yeah so anywhere for it to be well, backed by something technically would, would be an improvement so technically there are no uh state-based currencies that are backed by anything mm-hmm. but really and if you talk to any economist they'll point out like okay so there was bretton woods and then there was bretton woods too so like as soon as america stopped being backed by gold well, 1971 right well we had to not have or the entire world economy collapse somehow so there was a series of deals made so that saudi arabia who was the number one oil producer in the world at the time and the rest of uh, the oil producing and exporting countries opec made a deal that they will only deal oil for dollars so that way okay hey i know we said we'd give you gold but here's this If you want oil, because, you know, 40% of the world's oil, uh, confirmed oil reserves at the time, uh, well, if you want want that oil, you have to have dollars anyway. The Jeremy Kaufman ad, which is hilarious, by the way, and very on point and very biting. uh, um, I actually watched the video after you played it, and I really feel like, that has to be the same person who did the Vermin uh, uh, Supreme and Spike <laughs> Cohen ads for the 2020 election. Hmm. Okay. I'm not familiar I don't know. with who I mean, that is. If you've seen those, well, I think, and I could be wrong, but I think it's Dan Smot of the, the System is Down podcast. It wouldn't surprise me. I've seen some of his work, and it is really, really good. I mean, he's a very talented editor. <laughs> Uh, I met him for the first time, actually, at the Liberty Forum event that happened a few weeks ago in New Hampshire. The Free State Project, I guess, had hired him to come in and do video recording of all of their discussions and speeches. And and they're releasing those videos on a a once-a-week basis. Uh, It's going to take some number of weeks to to do that, probably like 15 weeks or something like that. So, yeah, I did get to meet Dan, a really talented dude, had some nice equipment, and he seems to know what he's doing. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that's uh, who was doing that. It did definitely make me think of Vermin Supreme. I'm like, yes, you mm. have you have brought forward the very best part of Vermin Supreme. I'm so glad we're running you for Senate. Yep. Sarah in um, New Mexico seems very um, negative about the place that she lives. So, Sarah, if you're listening to this, there's a bunch of communist communes um, in the New York and Virginia area. I will happily pay for you to move there i'll buy your bus ticket or your u-haul rental if you get accepted there um you seem very unhappy uh you seem very bitter um and i don't think that's healthy for you so i will help you be happy now hold on Uh, where did you say these communes were in virginia uh there's a bunch in northwest virginia 
Huh. Wait, Northwest Virginia or Northwest yes. Virginia? The, oh, good. The Northwest part of the state of Virginia. Well, now normally Sarah doesn't listen to Free Talk Live. No, that's true. Ever. Because she just this, she just considers it her mission to call talk shows. So we're just on her list of shows. I don't know who oh. else she gets through because, like, you know, normally if you're a chronic spread caller, the word of communism because apparently no one's ever heard of it. Yeah, normally if you're a chronic caller like Sarah, you probably don't get on a lot of the local talk shows because they're probably sick of her. Uh, but uh, but she anybody can get on Free Talk Live. It's not hard to get on the show. Well, you know what? I appreciate you know him listening to me and thinking about what I said, and also the offering the offer. But you know, this is a very uh, New Mexico. Even though I see a lot of wrong things about it, but there's a lot of things I like about New Mexico. The thing is that it's a very democratic state. So the, there's a lot of socialism here. Well, not compared the, to New York. I mean, New York is a way more democratic state. And socialist. Yeah. I mean, they're both blue right, states, right. but nothing compares to actually being on a commune. I mean, right? as far as somebody who describes, self-describes as a communist, you would actually get to live your philosophy instead of just calling in to talk radio about it and hoping and hoping that some politician is going to take up this mantle, which none of them are doing at least not openly uh you, you know you don't live in communism full on and that's what steven is is saying here he knows of existing communes and he's willing to actually pay to have you sent there however you do have to apply and this is where my concern comes in sarah and steven i i just don't know if sarah would be accepted to a commune because she doesn't like to work I'm sure that as long as I'll get my check there, but first of all, I do like the climate here in New Mexico. Naval blockades uh, were used, you know, for a couple hundred years, potentially a couple thousand years. And essentially what would happen with naval blockades is ships would uh, surround a country, Mm -hmm. their border, their their coastline, and they would say anybody that crosses this dies. and that would cut off trade for that particular country, um, and that was 100% an act of war. Now, um, didn't so the, the United point- States do that for oil when it came to Japan, and that's one of the reasons why Japan uh, struck against Pearl Harbor? That's a question that I don't have the answer to. I mm-hmm. know that we stopped trading oil to them. I don't think we kept them from getting oil. Mm. But a naval blockade is, hey, our navy is going to keep you from getting the supplies you need. Mm-hmm. Um. And a fun fact, um, historically, there's always been a system to make sure that the rulers of the country got what they needed. So um, when we surrounded Italy during World War II, or not us, but when Britain surrounded Italy in World War II, um, they allowed the French to send them wine. So this is a, a, a translated thing that they uh, that the Russian bank put out. Um, information on the purchase of gold by the Bank of Russia on the domestic market. Uh, in order to balance supply and demand in domestic precious metals market, the Bank of Russia will buy gold from credit institutions at a fixed price from March 28th of this year. Uh, the price for uh, from March 28th to, to June 30th inclusive will be 5,000 rubles per one gram. So okay. now the, the thing that, that stands out to that uh, to me on that is like it, it reminds me of how how we used to have the OK. So for 35 U.S. dollars, you would get one ounce of gold. 
So, I mean, at least during this... This was back when the dollar actually had gold back. Right, right, exactly. And, I mean, at least in this limited way and during this particular time frame, like, this is basically the institution of of pegging the ruble to gold, which, I mean... Well, there's one thing about Russia buying up a bunch of gold. There's a whole other thing about it making their currency backed by that particular precious metal well i mean they're setting a very specific exchange rate on this thing we have uh the the total breakdown of the petrodollar like we are watching the absolute breakdown of the of the petrodollar it's about damn time yes it absolutely is uh number two we are we are playing with the possibility of actually going back to like centrally uh banked and issued currencies backing the the uh commodities of that country or of other countries when we're talking about the the petro yuan uh with saudi arabia entering into negotiations with china about Mm -hmm. also we have the possibility of a petro bitcoin that is news. I mean, everything. That's huge. Yeah, that that yeah. It, like just the fact that they were willing to say that if the reports are true, that they would consider cryptocurrency. Just considering it, mm-hmm. thinking about the possibility of considering. They didn't say that. Bitcoin. They said they would right. do it. I know. Just them saying it alone yeah. should be a boon to the cryptocurrency economy. Well, and that might very well be part of what's kept it up because uh, what we've seen in the stock – so what has generally happened recently with Bitcoin and its price is that it has pretty much been shadowing the the stock market prices. And right now we've been watching like complete instability in the stock market and especially like the, the tech stocks are getting creamed. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.